This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, it's Mike Hawk. Want more Men's Room content? Follow the Men's Room page of the Odyssey app and check out my live stream, A Moment with Mike Hawk, and nothing in particular with Steve the Thrill Hill. Going live Thursdays and Fridays at 1, exclusively on the Men's Room page of the Odyssey app. 99.9 KISW. We return to the men's room with Miles and Thrill. It is Random Question, Question 206 803 Rock. Hello, Spencer. Welcome to the men's room. Random, random. Aloha, bitchosa. Oh, yeah. Spencer, welcome to the program. Random Question, Question. All right, let's go with this one. Spencer, what would you say was your excuse to avoid going into work? What excuse have you used to not go into work? Oh, uh, man, too many. I was uh, I was a bad alcoholic, so I was basically hungover 24-7. Um, Problem is, you can't I, tell them that. Even when they no, know that is the case, work. you can't tell them. I know. No, and they get offended if you do, so. <laughs> well, we tell, them, uh, we tell but, them when we walk in all blurried, but we're at work. Yeah, like, we're here. Yeah, yeah. Like, they don't mind I feel like crap. Hung, right. But as long as you're there, you can be hungover. Well, you know, I, I just use stick. Actually, like Ted, I used to get really bad gout. Stop drinking. I haven't got gout since. Uh, but, you know, I, I would just use gout as a excuse, even if I didn't have it. Okay. All right. That's not bad. If you got something medical, it sounds good. Years ago, yeah, I worked okay. at uh, Chi-Chi's, and we went to Ocean City for the weekend. And we were in a duplex. I'm there with three other guys, right? So there's four of us. And the duplex next to us are six hot chicks from... Allentown, Pennsylvania. Oh. All right. So for whatever reason. The only hot six chicks from Allentown. From Allentown, <laughs> Pennsylvania. And they decided that they really liked me and they wanted me to stay. Right? Because we were going back that Sunday. They're like, dude, stay with us for the next couple of days. And look, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. But I turned them down because I said, man, look, I've got a job. They're going to fire me. All right. So I go into work that Monday. Keep in mind, we got back that Sunday. I go into Chi-Chi's that Monday. And lost my job. And I about stabbed the manager. Not because I got fired, but that he fired me on that day. Right. And I'm like, brother, yeah. I could have been having sex with six hot women from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Instead, I came to this dopey-ass job, and I'm getting fired. I was so pissed about that. Reason we asked, what was your excuse to avoid going to work? British Airways crew members allegedly indulged in a night of drinking and drugs in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Then covered it up by pretending they'd been victims of various crimes. Brazilian authorities allege that the three airline employees are accused of inventing, quote, an armed robbery. 
that supposedly took place on September 5th, leaving them too traumatized to work. A scheduled flight to London the next day was delayed, stranding passengers in Rio for 24 hours. However, uh, the Independent reports that according to the airline, the crew members were not scheduled to work the day after the faked armed robbery. It's not clear why the flight to London was actually delayed. Now, police allege the trio made up a story to avoid getting in trouble with their superiors. After field investigation and intelligence work, data crossing and image analysis, the special tourism support delegation found that the flight attendants lied. According to the sources of the various crimes reported by the trio, only one occurred, a cell phone being stolen. After a late night in which they consumed drugs and alcohol and went to an abandoned gas station close to a community in Rio where they continued their drug use, the trio are being wow. investigated for falsely reporting a crime. You know, I, I'm thinking back, man. I don't think I have come up with excuses for having missed school because mm-hmm. I just hated going to school, but I, I don't think I have ever lied for anything with work. Agreed. I've been, I'm just thinking like in yeah. radio, I've always come. And before I was even on the air where it's obvious that you're not there. But, you know, the lower level stuff always came in. Even in restaurants, which I did not particularly enjoy. Always made the, Damn. Yeah. Turns out, I don't know if I'm a good employee, but I'm consistent. I, I'm, I had a hard time when I was, my, my first bout of college, I did the Running Star program where you basically sacrifice your last two years of high school to get pretty well free college as you're as you're going through right. right but that's also when they weren't taking attendance and that was the first time i had any kind of real freedom so there was a lot of classes that i just skipped so i didn't need any excuse for that but same thing when it came to work i still can count i, I think i can just use both my hands for the number of times in my entire working life that i've actually called out said i just can't make it in today yeah i mean i don't yeah i've always i've always, I've always, come I've always enjoyed Going to work or going, even going to class. I wasn't the best student, but when I got to college, I was taking classes that I wanted to take. My that only helps. rule that I, that I would tell anybody if you are going to college and you're a freshman, unless it's absolutely required that you take that class, don't take any class before 10 a.m. because you're going to have to get your yayas out for a little while, especially the first semester. Make sure that you make it to class. And if you could just make it to class, even if you just take notes in class and you don't even study that much, if you go and you take notes and you read the notes before the test, right. you're going to do better than most people. Mm-hmm. You will. So, you know. And that's the thing. In college, yeah. they, don't, they don't take attendance. But the uh, So all I wanted to do was not be in school. And I put my parents through a whole lot in the junior year, blah, blah, blah. So the one deal my mother had made with me, she just said, look. Just graduate from high school. You don't have to go to college. Just go get a job. Do whatever you're going to do. Just graduate high school. I'm like, deal. Fine. In my senior year, she gets a new job. It's out of college. So now she's like, well, I'm pulling back on that. You're not going to go to college because I'm, I'm, I'm working at the school and you can go. And I'm like, look, the deal we made is that I graduate high school, which is coming up and I'm doing all the crap I got to do now. I don't want to go to college. He's like, I don't think you understand this opportunity that is in front of you. I said, I understand it. I don't care. And it's not going to teach me anything. I'm interested in learning. That's just not where my mind was at that point in my life. I don't want to go. And she said, just so you know, it's 90% girls. I said, I will see you there on day one. Now, the problem with that was, and man, there are a lot of smoke shows at this college. No, I never got lucky with any of them. But there are a lot of smoke shows at this college. But the problem is... I was still kind of set in my ways of going to class is optional. But if I would miss a class there, they would just tell my mother. And my mother would like, come find me somewhere in the student. And I mean, it sucked. Yeah. It really did. Why aren't you in English? I remember the first time she busted me, I'm hanging out with some chicks because that's what you're trying to do. And we're in the student center or whatever. And I see my mother roll in and I can tell she's looking for me. And I'm trying to like hide under the table. And I mean, she just marches straight across there. She's like, 
why isn't your ass in English class? I'm like, honestly, because I'm mm. talking to these hot chicks, man. And, like, they don't have a class yet. Well, and you already speak the yeah. language, so you're good. Man, I, had yeah. couple, I had a couple of electives. You don't do pretty well on English, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Can you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I, had a, I had a couple of electives that I could take just, you know, like, for th- things that you're interested in. All more right. so than things that are required that I had to do. Kind of like the mayor badge thing. So, my stepfather taught sports law at the university I went sports to. Sports law. Uh, being an agent, uh, ah, knowing, okay. you know, right. the differences between the governing bodies of the NCAA compared to how the NFL governs itself, compared to how the NBA governs okay. itself. Uh, do you have a players association? Now this actually sounds interesting. When you yeah, said it, sports it law, no interest. Now I'm yeah. like, huh. Contracts, all those sure. different things. And he represented a bunch of pro wrestlers and, and guys who were playing all kinds of different football from the USFL to semi-pro football okay. to just different kinds of sports. He's always like, man, you should take this class. It would have been very valuable to learn contract law. Sure. And a lot of different things. And I'm like, I am not sitting in there listening to your ass for an hour. Oh, he would have been the actual teacher. Yeah, he is a teacher. He's a professor. Yeah, that. That's... Like, I, I'm not listening. Like, I, I I got enough of you growing up. Like, look, I I don't care. He's like, man, you should take the class. It's really interesting. I'm like, I don't think so. I'm like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> just because he's I'm not it. doing it. I was like, I've heard enough. <laughs> that's fair, man. I mean, that's fair. Like, look, there's a reason you move out of the house. Not that you don't love your parents, but if you told me that I have to sit there and listen to you lecture to me, you know, even though you're teaching me mm-hmm. something. No, I don't want to do it. You know what's weird, though? So, to me, the idea of parents working either in law enforcement or at a school I have to go to, I just don't like it. Because I'm up to no good all the time. That, that's basically the long and short of it. But I was joking around with the kids because my mother gets very involved in stuff at the school. She was like the room mom. Whatever. I don't know. But I said, man, imagine if your mom were the principal. My son was like, that would be awesome. I was like, I don't even know how you're my kid. I cannot, Who are I, you? I cannot understand the idea of wanting your parents no. to be in a governing body of a place that you have to go. Like, that That to me is like, absolutely random, not. Random, absolutely random, not. Random, random, Hello, random, Jess. Random, Welcome to the men's room. Random, random, Hola. Hola. Random, Jess, welcome to the program. The random question question. All right, I'm going to ask you a personal question, Jess, but I know that uh, you seem to be okay with that. Where would you say... What's that now? Oh, I said, okay, let's do it. Where's the stranger place, uh, the strangest place that you've taken care of your own uh, self-time, your own business, so to speak? Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I should admit, admit this on the air. No, you're fine. Um, okay, so uh, my boyfriend's work while he was on his lunch break. Nice. So you were at his place of employment, and you were just kind of yeah. hanging out? and. Well, I didn't have to work that day, and I came by to see him on his lunch break, and, um, you know. We had a little extra time, so. All right. Well, so wait a minute. Did you guys have sex or did you masturbate? Oh, the no, 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 masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't damn. care about the drive-through. <laughs> right. <laughs> I misunderstood the question. Okay. Um, okay uh, in that regard, um, uh, a public restroom. Okay. Hey, that's fair, man. Were you at the mall? Were you at uh, you know? The airport. Home, Home Depot. Oh, at the air. At the airport? Was it a layover, or was this before the flight to relax? Layover. Long layover. Do you remember what airport you were in? Oh, it was when I was coming back from Pennsylvania. Um, oh, gosh. On the tip of my tongue. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know the state of Pennsylvania very well. There's airports in Philadelphia. There's airports <laughs> no, in Harrisburg. There's airports in Pittsburgh. City. There's airports in Erie. Yeah, the, the one that has the Steelers statue in it. Oh, Franco Harris made a Legos. That's the Pittsburgh International. Yeah, Pittsburgh International. Also has a Mr. Rogers Yeah, display. that's the one. How and many the different Friday. people are walking in and out of the 
airport bathroom while you're handling your business. Like, I would find that so distracting. I just, well, I can't say I couldn't do it, but. <laughs> well, it's, it, to be fair, um, it was it was a pretty large, you know, there were many, many stalls. So, I mean, it could have been anyone, you uh, know, like doing the same okay. thing I was doing. So you, you didn't go into a family bathroom or anything like that? No. All right. Okay. Do you think well, if I looked under the stall, not under the stall, but just looked at your feet, would I be able to tell what you're doing? Right? Because, look, there's a certain stance that people have if they're just sitting on the toilet, and typically the toes are pointing forward. I feel like if you're masturbating, you get a little more pigeon-toed. You know, your toes start getting a little... I just feel like you could look and be like, someone in that stall is masturbating right now. Well, I mean, who do you think would be creepier, me or the person looking? Fair call. Oh, probably me, because I'm in the women's bathroom looking at your feet. But also, aren't you disturbed by the sounds of people emptying their bowel? I mean, there's a certain, like, there's someone pooping in a stall next to you. I just, like, it kind of ruins my mood. Hey, Stan, your mom's been in this stall now for an hour. <laughs> Get her out of there. Hey, an airport bathroom. Okay. What about you, man? I'm trying to think of the weirdest place. I've done, oh, I was said the wrong word there. I have done it at one of the restaurants I worked at. It's right. We had we opened at 530 for dinner. It's about five o'clock. I'm like, I'm going to go handle my business. I mean, mm. in the car at one point. Were you driving? No, I was parked. <laughs> I think I was just waiting, waiting to go somewhere. Where were point. you parked? I mean, like, are you at Walgreens? I mean, what's the? <laughs> I just feel like you have to be real selective uh, about the parking lot because let's be honest. All right. If a cop rolls up and you're masturbating in the car, depending on their mood at that time, will depend on the severity of the punishment. Right. If you're outside of Chuck E. Cheese doing it, <laughs> you are getting arrested unquestionably. This, I was decently young. I was kind of new into this realm. So other than the fact that I could at least drive at this point. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I, think I, was out, I think I was outside the pool. Were you worked? Damn, man. I don't remember, like, if I was waiting for somebody to, to, to show up or what, but I was just back there hanging out at one point waiting, and I was just like, all right, let's just knock this out. There's a dude. Okay. All right. Reason we ask the strangest place you've masturbated, we go to Iowa, where a man pleasured himself outside of a convenience store and then departed for his nearby apartment, according to what? the indecent exposure complaint. Filed following his arrest. According to cops, victims called 911 to report that an unknown male had said sexual things to them and then began masturbating in their presence Jesus. while outside of a convenience store in Iowa City. After a police canvas near the convenience store, officers identified Kenneth Lee Kelly, 54, as a suspect in the public pleasure session. Multiple subjects from the convenience store and neighboring businesses and apartments identified the defendant as the subject in the photos. Contacted at home, he denied he was the individual captured on surveillance video. However, he confirmed he had clothing that matched the video and showed police a hat that was, quote, an identical match to the one worn by the suspect during the deed earlier this year. Well, a search warrant in Kelly's apartment resulted in the seizure of garments that matched surveillance and traffic camera video from the incident. Additionally, a photo, a photo lineup was conducted and victims independently identified Kelly as the man outside of the convenience store at 1230. He was arrested, booked into jail for indecent exposure and serious misdemeanor, which uh, bond has yet to be set. When questioned by police, he reportedly claimed he was not, in fact, exposing himself, but instead was just scratching his genitals. With his pants open. His rap sheet includes convictions for felony theft, 
narcotics possession, driving without a license, and marijuana possession. Steve, do you have any idea the name of the convenience store uh, that this uh, man, Kenneth Lee Kelly, was masturbating in front of? Deep down, I'm hoping it's the Piggly Wiggly, but I don't know. No? Uh, oh, no. Like yes, you know I the do. the name of the convenience store that the uh, man was uh, masturbating out in front of? I can guess now. Think about it. It wasn't a Sheets. Right. I, just cause it I, wasn't I, a Wawa. I know this place exists, but if you're asking me, it can only be one place. It's on Royal Farms. Do we have it out here? We do not have it out no, here. No, we, as far don't, as we I don't know. have this. Okay. I don't believe we do. He was uh, masturbating uh, on the outside of the Come and Go store in mm-hmm. Iowa City. Yes, indeed. Random, I knew it had to be that random, one. God. Random, random, and he came and he went. Random, random, it's right there on the sign. I didn't know. I thought it was okay here. Some other people, uh, they're revealing their truth here. Guy says, driving to work on I-5, but I finished it up before Bellingham. Okay. Cranked one out in the honey bucket on the job site. Had to get done. Brother, if you did it in the honey bucket, it had to get done. Standing on a stump in the woods. Then they had hoping Bigfoot wasn't watching. You actually stood on the stump. Someone says, I was about 12 years old, took care of myself in a church bathroom. I have a co-worker that got caught masturbating in his truck at work before going in the building in the morning. I've seen a co-worker do that. Someone else says I got caught masturbating in class as a 12-year-old girl. Let's see. I entered an Atlanta airport stall 24 days ago. Based upon the shadow puppetry I saw on the floor, I could tell the guy in the neighboring stall was masturbating. And then someone else in an armored truck at work. Ooh, damn. (laughs) That is... Getting it done. That's some dirty money. Dirty. (laughs) Hello, Taylor. Welcome to the men's room. What's up, dude? Hola. Taylor, welcome to the program. Random question, question. Since we're talking sex, let's talk this question. What would you say was the biggest age difference between you and a sexual partner? The biggest age difference. Uh, That's kind of lame. I usually kept it pretty cool, but I remember when I was 19, this 23-year-old who was voluptuous was intrigued to me and yeah i i'd say 19 to 23 that's probably right, so five years four years four five years, years yeah. somewhere in there but at that age it seems massive that does. That, right, right. And the older you get the gap gets smaller but yeah at that age you're like i was with a 19 year old i'm trying to think maybe probably 12 years 13 years maybe i never asked her age but i'm guessing probably 15 to 20 yeah, I don't want to ask you like, hey, by the way, how old are you? Because she was like, she was a director of like the American Red Cross or some charity that was involved for real? in the radio station. But she was definitely older than me. She was in a position of power. Like she was one of those. Yeah. Old so get over here, Mister Montgomery. I was like eighteen years old. How did this work out? Like how did how did you end up with her? I was working at a radio station. We had a remote with American Red Cross. Whatever we were doing, I can't remember what the drive was, but I was broadcasting live for a couple of hours. All right. She was there, and she was the director of the American Red Cross for the greater uh, north uh, central part of West Virginia. And you got all up in there. Well, she told me yeah. she wanted to take me to, to like lunch or dinner afterward because okay. that you know we just sure sure get some, you know some drinks or whatever. And I I didn't have the heart to tell her I was eighteen, so uh, we went to her local bar. Oh, you didn't have the heart, yeah. Well, <laughs> because she was going to take me out to lunch or dinner or whatever the hell it was. So we went to her spot, okay, and they never carded me, so I was like, okay, well this is this I can drink, so I just started pounding beers and hanging out, and you know before you know it. The one thing good for you, man. And then she ended up marrying my dad's best friend. Oh, for real? Yeah, were you you at the wedding? I found out about this later. Ah, okay. (laughs) The reason we asked what was the biggest age difference between you and a sexual partner, 
Uh, Bumble has released some predictions on dating trends in 2024. The most interesting one is a rise in cross-generational relationships. 63% of Bumble users say age is not important to them when dating anymore. And it's not just the classic older men dating younger, younger women. In fact, it's different. It is women who are now more open to dating younger men. All right. And 35% of women say they become less judgmental toward age gaps. No one just really cares. They just want to go out with someone they can have a good time with. I think order has been disturbed. Yes. <laughs> so either way, they're saying, like, look, it's just slowly fizzling out as far as the age gap, so to speak. You just want to get laid. That's pretty well it. Oh, somebody here says, hey, Miles, yeah. what about that old lady on the Greyhound bus? I didn't have sex with her. <laughs> She was going to Canada. <laughs> I got off in Bellingham, baby. <laughs> that bus was packed. Or the random question, question coming up. 206-803-ROCK. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 99.9 KISW. The Men's Room returns with Miles and Thrill. Your guess is as good as mine. Cut off the categories today. Thanksgiving dinner. And birds that are tasty. We'll do a little uh, your guess is as good as mine right after emails and a random question question. 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the men's room. Random, random. Hola. Hola. Matt, welcome to the program. Random question question. Random, random. All right. Let's see here, Matt. Okay, Matt, who cheated and what did they cheat on? Who cheated and what did they cheat on? Oh, well, I cheated. Okay. <laughs> and I cheated on my, oh, I hate to say this, all my exams in college. Why do you have to say that? Oh, I just feel bad. I got a degree out of it, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. everyone lies on a resume anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, what was the yeah. subject matter that you were having a tough time with? Uh, well, first off, it was math. Yeah, I'm right there with you English. on that one. Okay. Yeah, because I don't speak so hot. And then, uh... It just continued on. I just started a a cheating spree in college. So you didn't do it just one time. You did it plenty. Oh, yeah. What was your uh, technique? Uh, it was pretty much, you know, you find the smartest person in the room, 
use them for a bit, and then you sit next to them. <laughs> okay. Especially during tests. All right. Well, you know, a lot of teachers also give these same tests uh, every semester. Right. So if you had someone who had taken the class before, I always found that uh, one of the one of the best ways that uh, that you not not that this is cheating, but if you needed to buy books for class, mm-hmm. they had a used bookstore. And instead of buying the new books, which were more expensive, I would always buy the used ones. I would comb through those books to find out who had that book before me who highlighted stuff, took yep. notes. Oh, yeah. And typically they would write the name of the class or the teacher in there. So it's a standard book. So you need to take that book for that particular class. But they've highlighted everything you really need to remember. And and for the most part, there was only one or two teachers who taught that class. So once you found that old book from a previous semester, you kind of knew the curriculum going in and everything was already taken care of in the book. Right. Hey, Matt, how long did it take you to figure out who the smart person was? In 10th grade, a girl was, you know, when they two does push together kind of thing. And we took a math test. I did not know that she had cheated off of my paper. And I had not done anything to make her think that I'm smart at math. But I didn't know she was cheating off of my paper. Okay, So the, the teacher is handing the test back. And I cannot say the exact quote she said. But she looked at me. And again, I don't know that she's cheating. She looks at her test and goes, man, you're stupid. I was like, what are you talking? She got a 57. I also got a 57. I'm like, I didn't know you were cheating. I would never recommend you cheat for me in math. Are you kidding me? I picked the person with the confidence. The first person that raised their hand is the smart one. Yeah. Also, you know what? That, that's, that's a also, good one. Also, at. auditorium seating was uh, you can look down to a little the bit more person. conducive to the, the standard classroom we had in high school. What did, you, what did you get your degree in, by the way? Uh, associates in art. Okay. Right. Yeah, the cheat to get a degree in a social. So what, what, what kind of job do you have I now did. because of that? <laughs> you don't want to know. I'm no, a maintenance what? guy. All right. Well, nothing wrong with that. All right. Put your degree to yeah, work. Exactly. Right, there it is. Right there. I, I did. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, the reason we asked who cheated and what did they cheat on, an ultra marathon runner who placed third in a 50-mile race in April. Jesus. Only to later admit she traveled in a car for a part of it, has been handed a 12-month ban for breaching the U.K. Athletics Code of Conduct for senior athletes. This woman, Josiah uh, Zakruski, will not be able to run in any event or represent Great Britain anywhere for that period, nor can she coach, officiate, and manage during that time. She had competed successfully at the highest level for a number of years, also acted as team manager for the international team. As uh, such, the respondent... They said, quotes had a responsibility to uphold the rules, and this made it even more serious that she breached them and did not correct this either when finishing the race or asked. Now, the 47-year-old initially was awarded third place at the, uh, the race in Liverpool. But having reviewed the data from the race tracking system, the GPX data, statements provided from event teams and other competitors, and from the participant herself, they did confirm that the runner has been disqualified from the event, having taken a vehicle transport during part of the route. Now, the director of the race said in a statement, officials say the data showed her covering a mile of the route in just a minute and 40 seconds. That might be a tip-off. It was ultimately discovered that she rode in a car for two and a half miles and then jumped back into the race. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Obviously, you should be disqualified. But also, I would say, man, don't run 50 miles. uh, Still have a long way to go. That is a very long way to go. Hello, Andy. Welcome to the men's room. Hola. Hola. All right, Andy, let's go with this one. Andy, what have you done that basically you're pretty unqualified to do? 
So anytime you walk into Home Depot, but what have you done that you were unqualified to do? So when I was 16, originally I'm from Oklahoma, I was going through vocational school and I was a mechanic while I was going for an ASC certification. And the, one of the board members had his own shop and I didn't have my certification, but I was working under him, changing oil and various other small tasks. And one day he had me doing a motor replacement. So I was taking apart this engine or taking apart this truck, pulling this engine. Uh, had no idea what I was doing and ended up BSing my way all the way through to pulling the motor out. Uh, and then I had an incident where he wanted me to pull a truck in that was a manual and I wasn't shaky at that point. I ended up hitting that truck against a fan and I ended up leaving that job. Probably a good idea. Probably a good he, idea. I, he was also a very shady character in the in the town, so did you get your ASC certify certification? No, I ended up finding out about women and alcohol and uh <laughs> you know hey, man, became a we, party animal from there. We've all been there, brother. Mm -hmm. So what do you do now? <laughs> so I'm actually a in the navy, so I work on submarines. So oh, technically cool. I still I still kind of do something that I'm not qualified to do. Oh, that's very comforting, working on a submarine. So, did, <laughs> did you hear the story about the British nuclear sub earlier today? Uh, I have not, actually. Okay, well, they so, thought that they were flat, but they weren't. So, they had two gauges. I don't know how this all works, but there are two gauges that let you know if you're level, okay? And the gauge that everyone is looking at says they are level. Two engineers in the back were looking at a, another gauge that said, basically, we are rocketing toward what they called the danger zone. I can't. I think it can dive to, they said, 500 meters or something like that. And basically, they, they pulled out of this right before it got critical. They were, they were nose down, but wouldn't you know if you were nose down underwater? I don't know. I don't, you would. Okay. Because I, I would just have to think, level is still level. I don't care if you're below but sea level But it may have been dropping above. horizontally. All right. Right. So it might not be nose down. It might just be that it is just okay. literally falling, you know, in, in cigar position. But yeah, man, they uh, they said if it had been like two or three more minutes, mm -hmm. these guys would not have made it. Reese, we asked, what have you done that you were unqualified to do? If you're a, a law school student who breaks out in a cold sweat at the thought of taking the bar exam, good news. If you live in Oregon, a more inclusive way to become an attorney is here, according to the head of the Oregon Board of Bar Examiners. According to the Washington Post, in lieu of the widely dreaded two-day standardized test, students can compete, uh, complete in an apprenticeship instead, which is an option that has been approved by the state Supreme Court last week. So students in the American Bar Association accredited law school who choose the supervised practice portfolio examination over the traditional bar exam will log 675 hours doing legal work under the supervision of an attorney, after which they'll submit a portfolio based on their experiences and complete some other requirements. Okay. So Oregon is now the first state to offer this alternative path. They note that the 675-hour regimen was set up to uh, approximate how long students typically study for the bar. Jesus. So advocates of the program say it will give students who freeze up during tests a viable path, help uh, racial disparities in the law field, and lower financial roadblocks. They won't have to stop working to take two or three months to prepare for the bar uh, or, you know, uh, incur the cost of the exam review courses. But I guess... 
Critics have various concerns about the new option, including that the apprenticeship isn't long enough. One local judge said it should be closer to 2,000 hours, and he will lead to inadequately trained attorneys. I think the bar exam has value. It requires you to focus on a wide variety of topics, and so people who choose to go the experimental training path, they're going to be somewhat limited in what they know. They'll be somewhat limited. Look, and do what you want to do, but I would argue that maybe you don't say, if you freeze up at a test, if you freeze up taking a test, you probably don't want to practice law. Yes. I mean, that's all. That's going to be a lot more stressful and a lot more far-reaching than how you do on the test. Like, ooh, I'm nervous to go in front of the judge. Fine. But if you freeze up, this mm-hmm. is not the thing for you to do. That's all. My uh, my brother said he's, my brother's an attorney. He told me the two most valuable courses that he took in his undergrad were uh Theater, he had a theater-like improv class mm-hmm. and public speaking. Because when he goes in front of a judge, when he goes right. in front of a jury, when he has these situations where he has to stand up and make a presentation, he wasn't that he wasn't bad at it. He just got a lot better. You want to get better. After taking that, basically, that's what you need to do. You need to sell the judge. You need to sell the jury. You need to sell... Especially if it's a jury trial, right? I exactly. Mean, that's the whole thing. Exactly. So he's like, that. that those, that were, those are the two most valuable Was that classes. recommended to him, or did he just kind of figure that I think out? Someone did, I think someone did recommend that within the department. Oh, wow. If he was okay. going to go into law school, that these are two important classes that you huh. should take. And he did it. And he was like, man, I'll tell you what. He's like, that was... That was a game changer as far as just how he presented himself, how he held himself. Right. You know, how he told the story or, you know. And that's part, you know, you can have all the facts you want, but a jury, you know, they need a story. Right. You know, you got to paint this picture for them. In layman's terms, too. You know, there's a lot of technical information that they will definitely get into. But for the time being, on the overview, on the introduction. Sure. You know, when you're you're just getting up there making your opening statement or whatever, you have to. This man over here murdered his wife in cold blood. Yeah. And you also have to give a backstory on that person and and, and how they got to where they are and what kind of a community member they are and what what else they've done in their life. Right. How did they get to this position? How You know, it's kind of like when they're like, you might be wondering how I got here. (laughs) You need to to, kind of give that story as far as what led to this person. You might be wondering how I got here. Well, it all started when I shot my wife <laughs> Pretty in much. And the cops random, were... Random, random, random. Hello, Josh. Random, Welcome to the men's room. Hola, bitcholas. Hola. Josh, welcome to the program. Random question, question. I'm going to ask you a, uh, a multi-tiered question here. Josh, how old are you? I am 34. You're 34. All right. Since you've been alive... What would you say has been the best decade for music, according to what you like? Okay. What was the best decade for music? Oh, well, I grew up on the 70s and 80s with, with my dad. Okay. Um, and obviously grew up with this new crap. <laughs> okay. So, so I'm going to say you like this stuff in the beginning more. Than. I would say that. Yep. Okay. All right. Now, how about for movies? What would you say was the Ooh. best decade for movies since you've been alive? Ooh, that's Ooh. tough, man. That's a good. That's that's a good question. Um, I like a lot of the movies that are uh, being played now because just everything that they have going on, all the AI and stuff like that. That. So, for the visual point of view, I mean, certainly they're going to look better as time goes on, but I would argue 70s or 80s, because 70s, I mean, look, I'm a Star Wars guy, and that's when it came out, right? So, yeah. there's a, but it also had Jaws and all that, but then the 80s, you know, you had all those, uh, what do you call it, Rat Pack. Yeah. Te- right, and that kind of played more into how I was living at the time. Right. 
Also, with uh, well, with movies, you know, you know the, you, superhero movies when we grew up, no offense to the earlier Batmans or the Supermans, those kind of sucked. They were the They're introduction terrible. to that. Yeah. But then when you get into now, I think, with Deadpool and with all kinds of other, sure. you know, movies, like Guardians of the Galaxy, th those type of things, they just seem to be a little bit more entertaining from a dialogue perspective. Absolutely. The action's better, but... Uh, Okay, how about best TV decade for you, Josh? Ooh, oh, probably 90s, late 90s. What was your favorite TV 2000s? show? Oh, um, Simpsons. Okay, okay, fair enough. Represents that pretty well. And food. When do you think has been the best food decade in your life? Food. Oh, that's, that's a good question because uh, Not now that 70s. I've... Uh, I got my own Traeger, and I smoke my own food. I love what I do. Okay. Yep. yep. That'll okay. do it, man. And uh, those things do help. Okay, so they basically broke down yep. everything. By the way, they asked uh, what the best decade was for radio. Ooh, for radio? As well. Uh, I would go 80s. A lot of people like that golden era of if you would... Uh, when Howard Stern was on in uh, Washington, D.C., or when he was on in New York City, there was a guy named Greaseman in D.C., uh, I mean, there's Los that Angeles. Kind of thing. I had Kevin and Bean for a number of years. But I would also argue that the stuff that we are way too young to have been a part of, but I've gone back and since listened to, when you had comedy duos that were on the radio, or they performed entire mm -hmm. shows, and it, just to me, it, it was TV before TV, right? Because a lot of those guys when TV hit were hired from radio and put on TV because you already knew the story. They had soap operas. Right. They had comedies. They had variety shows. And then some other people played music on occasion. So I, I do like that. I think that's an era that's sorely gone. I guess you can kind of make up with it with some podcasts, the creative ones, you know. And it depends on where you are. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're working at KISW, in uh, you know the early '90s, when when grunge breaks, yeah. you know if if you're one of those guys on the air who are playing the new Soundgarden, you're playing the new Nirvana, they're playing the new Pearl Jam. If you're in LA when Motley Crue breaks and they come on, or Van Halen, or but you could also bands. influence music because back then with vinyl, this is not an argument for vinyl, but it's just the idea of just want to put out the song Detroit Rock City. It didn't really hit. So the DJ literally flipped the record over, and that was the song Beth, mm -hmm. which charts at, like, number nine. On the, so they blow up, or uh, We Will Rock You into whatever the hell. We Are the Champions. They were two separate songs, but the jock at the time played it that way because he could. So now when we, quote-unquote, get singles from the record companies, it's a digital file. That is the only song you're going to get. We don't know if there's a good B-side. So you can't really break anything. Right. Yeah, you know, so yep. I, I think yep. in that regard, it had to be really cool to do that, you know. And and we get all these people now talking about Steve Slayton and all this back in the day because they still had vinyl and they just played whatever the hell they wanted to. They I did. think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, best music. This is a tough one for me. I think the '80s was a very unusual decade as far as you know. There was a lot of brass involved in a lot of the rock, whether that was Huey Lewis in the news, uh, the you know any of the popular music of the time had a lot of horns. Eurythmics had a lot of but horns. But music also the changed in the 80s because of technology, because all of a sudden you had synthesizers and electronic drums, which never existed before. So you got a lot of new sounds with Duran Duran and mm -hmm. all this kind of... Like, Pet Shop Boys. Right, they could not Human have existed League. before. But then there's also the time when you go back... Depeche Mode. Like 60s, you make the argument, guys were still playing stand-up bass. Then the electric bass is introduced, and basically heavy metal is born. You know, stuff like that. But the 80s also, hip-hop starts joining the game. So much music came out of the 80s. Right. So they asked people about music, movies, TV, fashion, and food. The one thing that almost all of the respondents, thousand Americans who are all different kind of ages, agreed on is this. The best food that you could ever get is right now. 
as far I, yeah. as the variety, There's everything, the quality, all the different types. I mean, look, man, when we grew up, man, when they came out with a deep dish pan pizza, oh my god, that was a big deal. We thought we were going to lose our mind. Now they have Detroit style. They've got things, everything, all these different things. You can get wings at a pizza place. You have all this different variety. So I, that that's one thing that Universal. Uh, basically, they said it was like back to the Traeger, sure. back to being able to use an air fryer and get crispy food at home without mm. using a deep fryer and all these not, different nothing's things. Nothing's in a Jello mold anymore. And other than your green bean casserole, casserole is not served to you four days a week. No. The only thing I miss is the Sloppy Joe. That was a standard. God, that was a massive thing. Sloppy Joe night, man. I got fired. Sloppy Joe's. If my mom mom said, do you mean to make hamburgers tonight or Sloppy Joe? Sloppy Joe's. Sloppy Joe's. My hamburgers suck. (laughs) You make them in a pan with bad beef. Yeah. God, it was bad beef. Make those things sloppy. Your guess is as good as mine. Cut of the categories Thanksgiving dinner and birds that are tasty. And we've got your emails coming up next from the men's room at KISW.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.